Move over, Captain Planet. It's time for Global Gladiators on Amigos. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're talking about Global Gladiators. Oh, man. Now, Aaron, were you, when you were a child, had the environmentalist movement really hit its stride? Well, it depends on your perspective, Boat. I will tell you this. You remember the uh, commercial where the sucker throws the garbage out of the car and, they, and Native, the Native Americans there weeping? Mm -hmm. You know, that really, I mean, that, that was a heck of a TV campaign. I mean, it really was. Yeah. Because I, as a kid, I remember going down the streets and stuff, and the streets were dump. I mean, that, <laughs> it was. It was a dump. Mounds of Every, rotting garbage everywhere. No, it's it just like everywhere you went when I was a kid, and it, it, people my age may or may not know this, but everywhere you went, everywhere you saw two things, right? You saw cigarette butts, and you saw pull tabs mm. everywhere from, like, Pops. Mm-hmm. And so, just by the sheer fact that they made the pull tabs not come off the pop, that right there was half the garbage gone. I mean, I'm, I swear to you. I remember going down to railroad tracks with a bucket, getting coal back at my grandpa, Papa's house. And, I, I mean, even on the railroad tracks, there were. T I thought to myself, who's walking these tracks? Apparently, they were drinking a lot of pop, and they were smoking the whole time. I don't think they were drinking pop. Well, yeah, or beers. What a yeah, good point. I hadn't thought about that way. But yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I can only speak for our state, but I think it was a lot cruddier and junkier back in the day. And I think it's, they've done a pretty good job of getting people together to clean it up. Now, in terms of like a recycling and stuff, no, we don't do any of that. No. That's never been a thing in West Virginia. And the few recycling places we had, a lot of them have shut down. Mm -hmm. You know, and no one, like, we never had garbage pickup that did the mix and match stuff. Yeah, in West Virginia, because we have so much wide open land, people just yeah. dig huge holes in the ground and we just pour our waste into there. We call it being <laughs> environmentally conscious. Well, I mean, you know, you just cover it up when you're done. That's and right. you're fine. That's, That's right. the way it works. So we, we do live near a couple huge uh, dumps. Yeah, the Sycamore <laughs> so, Landfill, yeah. I live... You know, off off Sycamore. So did you ever smell anything from there? No, no. It's a pretty good. It's a pretty fur piece from your house. Yeah, so yeah. Sycamore okay. goes about eight hundred million miles out. Yeah, before you, I think it's actually in Lincoln County. So yeah, it's a long. It's a pretty good distance from you. Yeah. Now, if you were a kid and you were playing video games like you were, and there was a game that came along like Global Gladiators, do you think it would have made a difference to you as a kid? Do you think it would have been like, man? I need to not pollute the atmosphere with my antics. A game like Global Gladiators? Because mm -hmm. to be honest with you, when I was playing Global Gladiators, that, being conscious of the environment really didn't come to mind because most of the parts of the game I played, the environment's a dump. And so I didn't think to myself, oh, we're cleaning up. I mean, you're, what's that game where you Mario has the fire hose and he's spraying Super stuff Mario down? Sunshine. See, that game... Is a, a slob world that you sort of are cleaning up. Yeah, yeah. Like this one, you're not really, you're sort of stopping the slime, but you're not really cleaning it up. Mm -hmm. So I don't think, no, I don't think this would have done. I can't think of any game that would have gotten Has, me well, to let me be ask cleaner. you this. Has any game ever influenced the way that you live your real life? Well,. Has any influenced you? Let me give me an example. Like for example, when I used to play Katamari Damacy like yeah. all the time, I'd be driving down the road and I have to stop myself from just like rolling over guardrails with my car because I was like, man, it's small enough. I can roll that up. Wow, that see that sounds like a mental issue. Well, I've told you when I played EQ for so long, I thought I saw lions in my front yard bushes one time. You know, so that was when I was time to slow down on the EverQuest. So I think that you know, listen, I'm not insane. Neither are you. So I don't think it's going to affect us like that. No, I, now I don't think video games have affected me like say a film might, mm -hmm. where you really. Sometimes a film lays stuff down, and you're like, "Yeah, they're right. I got to make a change." You right. know, when you come out of the theater, but yeah. I can't think of a video game that did that. Yeah. Well, it's unfortunate, but maybe Aaron, maybe Global Gladiators will be that game. Let's talk about it. That's a hell of a love theme right there. Yeah, it is. Boat. I love that song. That's a that's a, that's right up my alley right there. So, 
what you've got here is Global Gladiators, or if you want to be uh, consistent with the title page, it's Mick and Mac Global Gladiators. you got Mick and Mac in their mm-hmm. boat. Uh, released on the Amiga in 93, two big discs, uh, published by Virgin. And you'll see I've got up there in the developer area of the screen where it says, it also says Virgin with a little question mark because no one's got a proper developer listed on this game. But Nobody wants uh, to I, take credit for this masterpiece. Well, no, I'm just saying <laughs> that the... Uh, that as a developer, I think I'm, I'm assuming that Virgin was also pretty much the ones doing that as well. Uh, so this is an interesting game. Uh, that I, I'm not going to go through the entire staff of this game because it's got literally one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people that worked on the graphics. Wow! <laughs> this was a this was a game ahead of its time. They had a full crew, but <laughs> but the coder on this was John Twitty. Who's the programmer with not only uh, who also did Aladdin, Cool Spot, and Putty Squad? Uh, Putty Squad, but he's also got a great name, the old Jay Twitty. Uh, great name for him. The music on this uh, was done by Andrew Barnabas. So here's the situation with this music. Um, this game, I, okay, we're gonna try to figure this out. When you look to see where this game originated, it doesn't know. But I'm guessing that it originated on the on the Genesis slash Mega Drive, okay? Some of the songs in this are sort of like modded up, remixed, at least one, maybe two or three, are modded up, remixed versions of the Zen- Genesis music, mm. okay? The Genesis music was made by everyone's favorite, Tommy Tallarico. Yeah, everybody you loves know? that guy. Yeah, he's the best, you know? Uh, he uh, So... Uh, and, and and really, a lot of people did like the soundtrack when it was mm-hmm. released. The, uh, so yeah, I'm going to give yeah, the guy, hey, the guy, good. he's good at that. Yeah. But Andrew Barnabas, the Amiga version, the music's not exactly what I would call slouchy. I mean, it's peppy. Mm-hmm. It gets you ready to clean, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I did mention that this, uh, we think this originated with the Genesis slash Mega Drive. This was also released on the Game Gear. That'd be kind of neat. Uh, it, and also the uh, Master System. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, and I didn't try either one of those. So I'd be kind of interested to uh, to see how those things uh, tune out. So I don't know if you looked into the backstory of this boat, but I, I mean, because there's not much of one. Well, so let me let me let me read to you, if I may, from the the instruction manual. Please. This is you know you want to know about your characters. You want to know yeah. what what motivates them. So get ready, Mick and Mike. I'm ready. The global gladiators are simply the coolest of friends. During play, watch and listen out for their excellent expressions. Even when you aren't helping the Global Gladiators clean up the fantasy worlds on the Amiga, you can support their cause for a cleaner planet by ensuring you always put litter in its place. Respect is due for the environment. That is, but that didn't tell you what their origin story was. Yeah, it doesn't tell you anything. Luckily, I know in it. Fact, in fact, at the beginning of this game... Well, okay. I want to hear what you have to say because maybe well, I've maybe I've understood it wrong. It's pretty simple. Okay. Okay. Mick and Mac are hanging and banging at the local Mickey D's. Yeah. Or McDonald's for you and we. And and if you're, I'm assuming that McDonald's are known worldwide, but they may not be. There may be healthier places where they're like, "What's that?" McDonald's is like a hamburger joint that's in every square mile of America. Although apparently here soon there'll be every two miles. Uh, because I heard they're shutting down some uh, restaurants. Mm. Anyway, Mick and Mac are in there eating, <clears throat> and they're reading a comic book. And one of the two of them says, "Man, it'd be cool to be in this comic book." All of a sudden, bam! Ronald McDonald shows up. He's the mascot, uh, ipso facto leader of McDonald's. Big, big He's freaky clown. Big clown in a yellow uh, onesie or whatever with big, weird striped socks. He says, "Yeah, comic book a." Eh? Bam! Zaps him into the comic. And they're in. That's the origin story. Yeah. So in the in the uh, in the the cutscene at the beginning of the game, it implies yeah. that the global gladiators are other people because Mick and Mac are like, look at the global gladiators. They're so cool. But you don't. But it, it doesn't actually give you any information about the original global gladiators in the instruction book. It just tells you about Mick and Mac. It even refers to them as global gladiators. So I guess when Ronald, maybe it's like the real Dread Pirate Roberts. You know, like the global gladiators were starting to get sort of worn down. And yeah. so Ronald's like, hey, I'm going to go get you some more. So the real global gladiators could retire. Mick and Mac, new global gladiators. My guess is, see that, my, I've got a more sinister take, mm. boat. So 
here's the way it works. McDo- Ronald McDonald's, he goes to all, there's all kinds of McDonald's, right? So he goes to each franchise. It's like a draft, right? Everyone gets to be a global gladiator whether they want to or not. <laughs> you got to donate a couple of your utes from each area, and these are the two suckers that got suckered in this time. That's why you don't see any other ones, because they cut every time the global gladiators get killed, then you got to go get some more. That's yeah. how it works. Okay. So I'll don't come it. to your town one of these days, Boat. I hope you're not reading a comic when it gets here. <laughs> so, <clears throat> just a little background on this game. So, uh, this fellow, David Perry, who worked for Probe Isn't he the Software, lead singer of Journey? No. That's Steve Perry. Oh. For, anyway, <laughs> you going to sing a little Journey now? I was going to, but now he's not. So. <laughs> Sorry. So, anyway... Uh, he, he convinced, uh, the, he, he got, uh, he convinced people at Virtus that he could, he would do great to do a game. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that, that Virgin had negotiated a deal to do a game for McDonald's. They're like, okay, here you go, pal. And so he did this game. Now, and we'll get to our thoughts on the game, but this is how this ended. It's kind of funny. So he did the game. McDonald's saw the game. They were like, hey, wait a minute. Uh, Perry, Dave Perry. This game didn't have a whole lot of McDonald's in it. He's like, nah, nah, it'll be fine. And so the game was a big success. Mm -hmm. Right, got great reviews on the Genesis, you know. And so uh, that convinced uh, Disney, who were fans, to get to like give him a crack at doing like Aladdin uh, and a couple Disney properties where he also excelled. So this was like basically the doorway. Get this guy into okay. the Disney zone. Well, that's that's very interesting because there definitely are. You can see the roots of games like Aladdin uh, on uh, on the uh, in this game. I think Aladdin is definitely a better game, but of course, it was a later game, and he probably had more time and more money. So uh, that's super cool. Thank you for digging <laughs> I, that I've up. Gotta, I've got to mention this. And by the way, there's a, plenty of interesting articles. This I looked at one on Hardcore uh, 101. They mentioned here, and this is I've got this said. This is directly from the article. So uh, McDonald's people were were not happy, and they the displeased uh, McDonald's executives who questioned the lack of restaurants or Ronald McDonald in the game. Dave Perry bluntly replied that no one liked Ronald McDonald and no one wanted their restaurants in the game. <laughs> that was his plan. That's a clearly Dave a better a better game developer than he was co- PR guy. communicator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so with all that said, what what is this wacky game? Well, you you play one of the titular characters, Micker Mac, as you journey through. Uh, this land, one of four different lands, uh, cleaning them up uh, and becoming a global gladiator with your water gun. All right. It's, so it's actually in the manuals, I believe it's it's referred to as a goo gun. A goo gun, which is funny because it doesn't. It's anti goo. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, technically, a goo shooter. You can't pull, call things guns in kids' games. It's a goo <laughs> shooter. And even back then, you couldn't do it. Oh no, I can't no. believe it. So. This game starts you out, and this is, boy, I'll tell you, you can tell by the way that uh, Dave was from uh, the UK, because this game, this game has all the trademarks of a European platform that we've all come to love and respect, Uh, levels that go on for seven to ten weeks, Mm -hmm. it's also got the patented uh, 50 million things floating around, (laughs) and the ever popular, you have to collect a certain amount of X before you could leave the level. Everyone's favorite. All the stuff that we love. But, uh, let's start off with the look of this game and the, and the sound and, and the game play, the game feel. What did you think about the platforming and the environments and whatnot in this game, Boatster? Well, let's start with the graphics. Um, the graphics, the character animation is top-notch. Yeah. Uh, Mick and Mac look great. They look like little cartoon characters. I mean, this is one of those games, if you're moving from an 8-bit system to a 16-bit system, you're going to look at the way these characters move around and say, yes, this was money well spent in the graphics mm. department. Um, the uh, I love the, you know, the idle animations are all, you know, cute. You've got, uh, you know, Mick and Mac will look at you uh, when you're just sort of like, all this stuff is ripped off from Sonic, but, you know, they'll look at you. He, he's chewing gum. 
Uh, he never actually blows a bubble, which I think is a missed opportunity. Um, if you are, uh, if you jump on a hidden platform, he'll do like the cartoon thing where he kind of dips his toe out a little bit and be like, what's going on here? You know, uh, that all that, there was a lot of care put into, uh, the animation on this character. I thought the control was good too. Uh, the game controls, uh, uh well, I, I never had a problem, um, with jumping or moving around, um, the big problem that I have with the sort of look of this game comes from our uh, two Euro platformer favorites. One that you sort of mentioned, the environments are all basically like these uh, tile sets that all kind of look the same. Uh, you've got an endless jungle level that's just a, you know, a series of platforms. Uh, you move on to you know, other environments, which are basically three or four different map types that are just kind of endlessly stitched together. Um, and, but I can deal with that because we've played a ton of games that are like that. My, the biggest problem that I have with this game is that the scrolling is all jacked up. Uh, this, in this game, your character stays in one position on the screen and whenever you move, the camera moves with you. And it is not great because when you're playing a platformer game, you want to be able to see as much of the screen as possible. And that means you need to be able to move around the screen without the camera always moving. Um, this game puts you more often than not kind of like a third to maybe like three eighths of the way up the screen. And um, you are not able to see what above or below you to any extent that you should be able to and that that's that really hampers the fun that i had with this game because you have all these opportunities to take these flying leaps off these platforms and uh you more often than not you end up right in the sort of goo ocean that that exists at the bottom of every level and it's unfortunate because you have an opportunity in this game to be like man i want to like get a real nice running start get up to the top of one of these things and just jump off and see what happens you're discouraged from doing that because of this and it doesn't really add to the fun factor um this is another game it, it almost reminds me of playing a uh, a game gear a game or a Lynx game where you have such a small area of the screen that can be drawn that uh, you're, you can't see enough of what's going on. Um, but this game is on the Amiga. So you have a, you have a wider screen angle, but it's not used to the, to the extent that it should be. And it's just unfortunate that by 1993, we're still dealing with these sort of programming things. Now, this was the work of one guy and he, this was early in his program career. So, you know, you can't, fault him too much but if you're putting this up against everything else that was out on the consoles in 93 this from a just from a gameplay perspective and scrolling perspective this is going to be near the bottom of the heat you know we just watched wrestlemania at your house don't remind me and one of the things that wrestling and the wwe has uh went to is like every one to three seconds there's a camera cut Right, and so the camera perpetually cuts. That mm -hmm. this game sort of reminded me of that. It's jerking around left and right as you try to follow your character around. Uh, it is a goofy the camera situation. I mean, it wasn't a deal breaker, but it was a headacher if you if you uh, if you want the honest truth. You know, we've played more than a few of these games. The long level, explore the level, get all the collectibles to leave. I think of all the ones we've played, this is probably the one I like the most. Yeah, because yeah. It, it, it's you're right. The the kid's good looking. The it has a mascot like he's <laughs> leaps and bounds. I mean, yes, even these two geeks are leaps and bounds uh, better than most of the offerings on the Amiga platform scene. Yeah, the freaking the, baby. Uh, remember him? Yeah, oh yeah. That weird clown thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the the caveman. The whole nine yards. With all that said, uh, the levels, you know, the funny thing is you mentioned the Sonic ripoff. This kid, if you if you find a straight stretch somewhere, take off. He gets up to like Sonic levels of quick, yeah. and you're like, you're like, oh man. But the problem is, it's like two different people designed the game. There was like a guy that did the levels, and then there was a guy that did the guy. Because you never get to go to Sonic speed, because you'll die mm -hmm. horribly. If you don't get killed by a slime thing, I mean, and, and you have a health bar, but you get hit, then you'll just you could easily run into the into the crud and die. And so it's a missed opportunity. If they'd have done the levels better, like because I mean, this kid goes 
Like that, I mean, the Amiga could absolutely push, uh, push it out. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that that part, yeah, like I, I, I missed, I missed talking about that when I was talking. But the that mechanic is great. Another thing that I wanted to mention is I really like the goose shooter. I think it's cool to have a weapon that doesn't just fire straight forward. The goose sort of travels in an arc, and so it can hit enemies that are both you know above and below it. And I think that that's a really cool mechanic. You hardly ever see that in platforming games. Um, and uh, I, I, you're able to use it to shoot. You know, one of the, the big problems that I have with so many Amiga platformers is that they give you enemies that are on a level that you can't easily destroy them. And because of the way that your goo shooter shoots, you can get rid of stuff that's either taller than you or smaller than you with without problem. Yeah, and the math behind this goo shooter... It's impressive. Yeah, it even it even goes with the screen when you move. It's mm-hmm. it's. I mean, it's actually it's pretty. It's very impressive. So yes, I agree with that. Uh, you can look up and down if you stop, but I mean, it only helps you so much. That's the problem. Well, and it's also, you just don't want to do it. Like when you're well, playing a game, you don't want to waste your time looking up and down. And when you're well, playing I mean, an action it, game, you want hot, hot action, baby. But they put it in there. I'll yeah. give them that. I mean, yeah. most games don't put it in there. The funny thing is, the Amiga. The most, the funny thing is, having it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be good to go because there. In fact, it was as someone uh, sh- proudly shown in Discord. You can look up and down, take the leap, and still instantly die because you couldn't see far enough down, and you've got nowhere to land. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, a lot of this, I believe, listen, this game is, tr- th- if we've ever played anything that's a mixed bag, this is the game. Because I like the character, I like the action, I like the animation, the graphics are lush, The uh, uh, I is- like a lot of it. I like the gun, like you said. The four levels, I mean, the levels are too long, so there's that on the, uh, there's that thing. The, there aren't like a, uh, there's not a super frog level of collectibles, but still it's the old find collectibles to leave the level. I never liked that that gameplay element. And by the way, the thing you're finding are little McDonald's logos. So there's your tie-in. I mean, really, that's there's not much of a tie-in when you leave the level of Ronald McDonald's there with a flag. That's pretty much that's just about the only McDonald's tie-in except for the beginning and the end. Yeah, and the, and the the logo just shows up occasionally. Uh, but I this like this is another game that they waste. Uh, they they pick the absolute worst level to be the first level because all of the other levels are so much more interesting to look at. Uh, for example, I think we're looking at the second level now, where yep. you're you're in a forest and there's there's little squirrels. There's a variety of enemies. There's like uh, hatchets that are attacking you. Having that first level with everything just being like variations on green slime is super boring. And I can't imagine like there. Were, I'm sure there were tons of kids, at least on the consoles that rented this, couldn't get past the first stage. Didn't want to because they weren't so unimpressed with like the level design and the enemy design on the first stage. And it's really a shame because it gets a lot better the further you go through the game. Yeah, but really, I mean the 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 look of the levels changes, but the the basic. The, there's still nothing where you could cut loose. No, I skipped through no. the levels to try them, and they're, they're all they're basically play the same. They look a little bit different. The, the, I will say the snow level is uh, the most different of the bunch. But the level, I mean, listen, there's, there's they didn't reinvent the wheel here, but they had a good character. They had a good, they had a lot of stuff going for them. And the funny thing about this, we often talk about how <clears throat> the Amiga platformers don't hold a candle to your to your console. That's console brothers. This was a this was a game that came directly off a of console, uh, as far as I could tell, which was the uh, which was the Genesis slash Mega Drive, and and now granted the Mega Drive one, which I did, I don't know if you did you try the Mega Drive version of this? I did, but, I did, and it plays. I'd say it's funny. It looks better. Mm-hmm. It's one thing the Amiga version doesn't have. It's an Adams Family boat. They don't have the cool backdrops that the uh, Genesis has. Inexplicably. And it makes a big difference in the overall mood of the game. I don't know why they didn't put those in, because it's not like they're super detailed. Well, they're just I, 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 think it's, I think it's just like the Amiga. I, I mean, I think it's just like the Adams Family. I think there's something that has to do with the, 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 the hardware limitations of the Amiga that just would not let you put in backgrounds on an OCS-ECS game like this. I don't know. I'm, it, I, I just wonder if they just didn't put them in. I just think maybe that's an easy thing to not do, and they just don't do it. I mean, I would. I mean, because to me, it seems like you could put those in if you really wanted to. But with all that said, I think the graphics are maybe a. They're. 
a little better on the uh, Genesis, but they're not like tons better. Yeah. You know, and the, I think the Amiga version actually might be, I don't think the frame rate's as good, but I think it plays at least about the same speed. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, if you play these back-to-back, I I could not tell any difference in the playability. Yeah, and, um, but... The the, the, the the missing backgrounds do detract from the experience, for yeah. sure. Uh, but it's not like if you were an Amiga owner, you would feel mega cheated by this rather right. than getting it's, the Genesis version. It's very similar to Adam's family. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. all around. I mean, yeah. when I say that, I don't mean gameplay-wise. Right. Uh, so what are you left with here, then? Well, what you're left with... But I, I, let me get to my point here. The point is, this was a heralded game when it was released on the on the Genesis uh, uh, and received a lot of awards and a lot of praise, 93%. I mean, some good scores. So, and I mean, we just admitted the Amiga version is virtually the same, which is a few differences. So, uh, you know, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> because you would expect a game that that's that's like this to get killed, but people dug it. So, I well, mean, I don't know. You know, I, I, I would not expect that because, again... I think sometimes we're we're guilty of of judging games against the best of the, in a, in the genre, but I played a ton of games that were like this. Yeah, I would rent tons of games that were like this for the Super Nintendo, and I would have a, just about as much fun playing them. This game reminds me a lot of Earthworm Jim, which is a game that I also got inexplicably praised that I thought wasn't the bee's knees. I like uh, that game. It's, it's just a different sort of platformer. And it's not the kind that I really enjoy, but I'm not going to knock it and say it's a bad game. It's just not because it, it executes what it does well. Yeah. This game, I mean, camera aside, because mm-hmm. I will admit, and you can get past the camera. Yeah. Once you sit and play with it for a while, you can, much like the WWF, you could sort of learn to deal with it. But it's not my favorite. Uh, and and the the fact that you've got to collect stuff. The thing is, these games where you collect stuff to leave, they're not platform games in a traditional Japanese sense. Right. They're they're exploration games, and so to me, I don't I don't like these type of games. So that's a personal preference. Uh, there are other things I don't like in this. There's lots of bouncing on these like bounce pads, and and there's lots of jumping on basically invisible platforms. I've never liked that in any game. I hate that. I just don't like it's, it's weird to me that you jump on nothing. I, they could put something up well, there. Well, they're hidden I, platforms. That's the I, idea. I don't I, like it. I just didn't, I didn't like them. Uh, I thought the uh, uh, the bad guys are irritating, frankly. A lot of they, they come up on you real fast. Well, yeah, you know they're I mean? bad guys. That's what they do. Well, I, that, well, I, part of that I blame the camera on. It's hard to adjust your vision quick enough yeah. to see what's coming. Am I wrong yeah, here? Is a, I, know I don't think the bad guys are the problem. I think the problem is the camera. That's right. But I, I mean, that's my point. They come up on you real fast. And so you what what does this do? We've seen this before too. That means instead of being sonic speed, you go through this thing tickety-tockety, real careful all the time, trying to clear stuff out. And that doesn't make it like a fun running and platforming game. It makes it like a, I don't know, a jumping around slowly game. So that could have been better. But the bones of a really good game are here. I mean, overall, in, in terms of in terms of the qualities, the good qualities of the game, I, this is one of the better, more uh, thought-out games we've played, but this... It's got the same old things. I mean, it's oh, not what I would come back Mitsuyama to. Mitsuyama points out that our Earthworm Jim was also made by Dave Perry. So there you go. There you go. It's, it's, well, there you, the, there you go. Basically, I don't like the kind of games that he makes. He's well, I mean, hugely I, I famous. Liked Earthworm people Jim. love him. I think Earthworm Jim's wildly overrated. People like the character. People it's like the, the animation. The yeah. game's not there. The game. I mean, let me. Hey, listen. I'm not going to stand up for it. I'll, I like the character. I think it's funny. Some of the stuff he did was right? original and fun. But it's not like. Is it Mario? No, it's not. You know, is it? I mean, of course, you're. That's the best, but it's not. Um, so, with all that said, where do you put this in your pantheon, boat? Well, you know, this game hasn't been formally uh, registered in the ranking of Amiga platformer, so I'll have to leave that for another day. But as far as just a general, is this a good platformer on the Amiga? Yes. Is this a better than average platform on the Amiga? Heck yes. This is in the upper echelon. Uh, if you like these sorts of games, and uh, you don't even have to worry about getting over the fact that it's a McDonald's licensed property, because yeah. as long as you shut your eyes in like the last three seconds of every level, you'd never know it. 
So yeah, you could tell that Dave didn't give a crap about the McDonald's property. I don't blame McDonald's for being mad because there's practically no mention of the a restaurant, and the little M's could have been anything. They're yeah. real small. Yeah, I should mention to get off the levels. You like it's like I like to get all these. You you I think there's seventy five per section. And if you get them all, there's a bonus game. Now, I never got to the bonus game naturally, but luckily in the options menu, you can actually practice the bonus game. Mm-hmm. The bonus game's not much. You stand under these three recycling bins, and stuff drops from the top of the screen. And when you pick, like, for, it'll be a can or a bottle or a piece or a glass bottle, I think it is. And, and what you do is you. You get under the the proper bin, and you hit the button, and he throws it up into the bin. And then sometimes anvils will drop and some other stuff that you don't want to touch. It's a pretty... I mean, it's okay. It's not it's what a I would call game. any great shakes. It's there. But at least they let you practice it, which 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 is nice. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this one, if you're into the European style of platforming, then this one might do it for you. Did we get any uh, Discord action on this boat? Yeah, we did. Um, our first review comes to us from the one and only Ravi Abbott. Oh, man. That's Ravi. right. He's taking DJ. a break from DJing and has played some global gladiators. He says, uh, it does not feel as polished as a major virgin release. The graphics are nicely drawn, but the enemy color and grunge often blends into the background. The copper sky meant that you had no sense of how high you were and maybe some elements like clouds would have helped. The walking was very slow while running at top speed, which confused me on how to approach the title. With better level design, you would be able to run around Kid Chaos style, but I felt too often I was leaping into the unknown. The music and sound effects were decent enough. Nice to see a port over, but I think a few more details and a bit more would have made it better. Overall, it does seem to me to be a bit of McDonald's propaganda game during the period where they were in deep water over their environmental policies. Pajaco6502 writes, Another buy-the-book, shoehorned, licensed Euro platform game with all the cheapness that entails. Burial immediately from Pajaco. The game allegedly about saving the planet by destroying horrible creatures and polluting machines, but when it's all said and done, what matters is having collected enough McTokens. Yeah, you can totally leave the badness behind as long as you have enough in-game currency. The game doesn't say how much, you just have to find out. It tries to be cool by having two characters of different ethnic backgrounds, but is lacking any girl characters, which seems like a poor choice. It has all the usual tropes, death by exploration, invisible platforms, and leaps of fate, but that isn't too bad compared to other similar games of the time. My main complaint is the camera movement. It is jarring as heck, and the initial color palette is migraine-inducing. The Amiga does a pretty solid job of handling a fast-paced console game, and I don't think you would have been disappointed with this version. But in a world of emulators and easy ac- easy access to ROMs, play the Genesis version for the best experience. Seven out of ten. You know, I want to mention something here that doesn't ever br- get bring- brought up, and I'm going to bring it up right now. He mentioned that there were no f- lady characters in this platformer, okay? Listen, if you want lady platforming, you've got two choices on the Amiga. Bam. You've got Yolanda, and you've also got, bam, Top Banana. Both mm-hmm. beat your ladies. Those are your that see the ladies get it on the action. They're very boat. well represented. That's right. Any other Discord reviews, boat? That's it, man. Okay, so I looked this up on the Lemon Boatster. Uh, Six point seven three uh, on Lemon. That seems low. It's funny. I thought this game would review well. I mean, I really I, I thought people would like it more than us. I think a lot of people, sort of like Pajaco saw that McDonald's was involved and just instantly hated it. Right. Right. And really, if give this, if you're like turned off because it's a McDonald's game, for, I mean, this isn't McDonald's land or McKids. This has zero, zero to do with McDonald's. You can play this without even worried about that. The fact that Shadow of the Beast has a higher lemon score than this game tells you all you need to know about lemon. Well, I mean, it, Shadow of the Beast was a graphical tour to force. With all that said... Uh, I looked over the reviews on this, uh, uh, and the cumulative score was a 76. I looked over the individual scores. I mean, you've got 74 from Amiga Action, Amiga Computing 81, and the highest score, Amiga Format, gave this an 86, but lots of 80s, a few 60s in there. Amiga Joker gave this a 63, which for them is like 120. Right. You double everything. So, I mean, 
this, I mean, these guys scored this thing in the, in the mid to low 80s down into the upper 60s. So right in the wheel. So, I mean, and I think that's fair. I think a 76, uh, again, this is a game that's of your personal taste and if you can get past the camera and the level design. But a lot of people seem to get past that on games that we thought were crappier than this. So I'm going to go with the assumption that they can. You know right. what I mean? Right. Uh, so there you go. So this is one... Much, it's funny. This is like the second environmental game I think. Well, not counting Top Banana, the third, I guess. This, but with this and the uh, Captain Planet games, where people were instantly turned off by the IP, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you if you get past it, this is. I'm not saying this. I don't think this one's as good as Captain Planet. I can't believe I'm saying that. But it's still in the ballpark. You know what I mean? Of Captain Planet. It's That's unfortunate that Toxic Crusaders did not get an Amiga release. Yeah. Uh, well, I, uh, you know, I, I haven't played Toxic Crusaders, so I'll take your word on Only it. Only available on the Genesis. I should mention that if you want to pick this up, there weren't a lot of available copies that I saw, at least not currently. The discs can be bought for 13 bucks, uh, and I saw a copy selling in Germany for 30 bucks, their best offer. But I saw this thing sell with another game here recently for as cheaply as 13 U.S. dollars, boat. Pretty cheap. A steal. A steal uh, by any sense of the word. So, any final thoughts before we take this thing out the door? Nope. All right, that was Global Gladiators. Ignore the McDonald's part and give this one a whirl. Are you a sketchy tech? Do you have the right tools for the job? Have there been incidents next time don't try to fix it yourself send your broken amiga to retro rewind get a full diagnostic a reasonable estimate and the peace of mind knowing that your machine is in the hands of real technicians with decades of experience and cutting edge repair equipment save 10 percent off your repair with the promo code amigos 10 thank you to retrorewind.ca for supporting this episode Oh, yeah. It's news time, Boat. It is. It is. So, Aaron, our first story this week, this is probably the biggest Amiga news story of the week, and that tells you about what kind of news week we've had. There is an Amiga lawsuit update, and who's here to explain it to us in plain English other than than Doug from Dynamic Computing. Doug's hair is getting a little long. What do you think about the sort of hippily shorn uh, Doug there, Aaron? He does look hippie-like. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. And, and he sometimes talks like a hippie. So, I don't did you did you watch this video or look into this whole story, but I know you're deeply entrenched in all this. You know, I I read this there there's a there's a uh, a, a paragraph or two on amiganews.de uh, that uh, I read several Still checking times, them, eh? <laughs> and uh, I, I could not figure out what was going on. So I know that you watched the Doug video. Does Doug break it down into something intelligible? Well, listen. I am not going to steal Doug's thunder fully. So you need to watch. Doug does a pretty good job of, I think, breaking this down as he understands it. However, uh, after doing a little more digging... I have determined that uh, I don't think this is the entire story. So, uh, I don't think this is probably over. (laughs) All right, despite the fact that he says it is. Uh, Basically, what what Hyperion is saying is that the lawsuit's over and and it was all Hyperion's favor. Doug goes into the history of this, which that in itself is worth seeing, just to try to figure out what in God's name's happening here. Because uh, the people over Cloanto uh, filed a lawsuit about Amiga trademarks before they even owned trademarks, and it went back and forth. Hyperion could make uh, certain things, but were they allowed to make this other thing? Blah, blah, blah. You know, your mileage may vary. And I know people out there that care a lot more than me because I don't care at all. You know, except I want to see, I would like this to go away because we've been talking about it since we started the show, I think. Uh, but, uh, and Doug, you know, talks about how he knows the guy from, uh, Cloanto, and you know him, Bo, you met him and talked to him. Yeah, he's a super uh, nice guy. Super, it's what Doug says, nice guy, but nice guy, you know, and, and, and lawsuit, so I mean, you can be both. 
so with all that said, uh, I don't think this is the end. I think this is sort of like another beginning. <laughs> so, <laughs> Doug at the end of this mentions that I will say Doug buries open source software did this video. I mean buries it, buries it. He's like we don't want the Amigo OS to be open source, and I I, I will take exception to that. There have been a few pretty successful open source projects over the years but why would you not want the amiga software to be open because source? he doesn't want it to get a lot of people have the same opinion they don't want it to get forked out and like have a bunch of crazy forks going every which direction but that's you know, like a hydra goes open source well that's i'm just t- listen don't kill the messenger brother i put my two cents worth in in a comment under the video yeah, you commented for both of us there yeah there you go because i always do i did not consult you later sometimes <laughs> that's all right so anyway, i love it but I will say, listen, if you're going to have somebody explain this to you, it dugs the man. And then you can look into the aftermath if you want. So is this over with a big Hyperion win? I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> so I, that's my answer, Boat. I wish I could definitively say, but I read too many other people say that this isn't the end. Yeah. It's probably never going to be an end. As we continue to battle, <laughs> battle over a 40-year-old... <laughs> Long dead computers intro the guts and the few pennies that can be squeezed from the last batches of the heart of Amiga. Keep squeezing, boys. By God. What's Aaron, next, Bo? Next story. Well, moving on to lighter topic. Yes. Super Xevious 1200. Oh, oh, God, yes. So, uh, I think last week we talked about uh, a, a, a recent update to Xevious. Well, guess what, Aaron? There's another one out right now. And this one is even better. So this is this uh, this arcade to Amiga conversion that he's making. Not only does it include the original Zevius, but Super Zevius. I didn't even know there was a Super Zevius. Did oh, you know? Oh man, Aaron? no soup. Yeah, I've heard of Super Zevius. Okay, I've not heard of this. According to Wiki, Super Zevius includes multiple additions and changes to the original game. The gameplay is harder with more aggressive enemies and faster moving projectiles. Oh, that's so, all we need. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just what I need—a harder game. Listen, you can check out a video of this on Indie Retro News. This looks freaking amazing. Um, now, is this is this the same? This is not the same thing we looked at last time. No, this is this, this is a whole is different crew. Zevious. Oh man, this does look, this looks good too. You know, I was just telling Bo before the show. I did a uh, I've got an upcoming show a video coming out on the MSX, and I played Zevius on there, and their version of Zevius has like a whole different set of levels with different ships. Mm. They're awesome. And so I, I wouldn't mind seeing somebody give that a port, and maybe that's part of what's going on here. I don't even know. Yeah, but this yeah. looks cool with the ships and stuff. Any Xevious so anyway, is good Xevious. Uh, this boat. is this is another game that's being spearheaded by uh, Mark McDougal, McDougal, aka TC Dev, who's doing the reverse engineering. Then JOTD Jean Francois Fabre, well uh, done, is doing the uh, Amiga code and the assets. And finally, Andrej Dorowski, a.k.a. N09, is doing the Amiga music. So, uh, pretty impressive. This is still uh, in development, but uh, when this is coming, when this comes out, we're going to have to do a show on this one, Aaron, because Zevius oh, yeah. is too important a game to ignore. And we're, we're both big fans of the old Zevius yeah, mode. Man. So, yeah, that looks great. That looks real good. I'm excited about that one, Boatster. All right, and our final story this week, Aaron, is, uh, you know, it, there, uh, there's been a lot of, a lot of talk uh, about the Twitter these days. People wanting to jump ship, leave uh, the Twitter, and move on to the Dawn, Mastodon. But up until this point, there hasn't been a good way to do this on your Amiga until now. Aaron, I give you uh, Amidon 1.0. This is a Mastodon client for Amiga OS 3. Okay? Uh, to run this thing, Aaron, all you need is Amiga OS 3, of course. You need the old AMI SSL4. You need a, an O20 CPU and 8 megs of RAM. Then you're off. You can get on the Dawn and you can toot it up, baby. Wow. That's, those, are hefty, those are hefty requirements there. 8 megs of memory and all that stuff. 20. Still, Mastodon. Yeah. I've never been on Mastodon, so it may be a more intense experience i'm afraid to go on mastodon for all the awesome stuff that's going you know if we can i'm gonna get editorial for just a second but i know you love what i do i've not given a crap about i really have never cared about twitter or or any of this other stuff but a lot of people were leaving twitter and they're heading over to the dawn right 
And so when that happened, I was like, eh, just another bunch of goose running it. I don't care, right? But I will say, uh, uh, Twitter, the King Dong of Twitter is has gone so over the deep end here recently that finally I can understand why people would leave. Are you are you gonna are you signaling your departure? Well, I mean, here? I logged on the other day, and instead of the little Twitter bird, there's a dog, and I was yeah. like, "What is this dog?" And so I looked into it. I guess this thing's the logo for some kind of a Bitcoin or something. It's Do- Doge coin, Aaron. And you I thought get to on myself, board with the Doge coin. No, but I don't. Why do I have to? Why is that hair? What? What is this? <laughs> and I found out that the the dude made a deal with a sucker like years ago that if he ever bought Twitter, he'd do this. So well done. You know, you're, and then he's like, oh, man, I don't know why I've lost, like, half the value of Twitter. That's why. God, you're doing goofy crap. Aren't you a genius? What are you doing? What the heck? You know, I don't know what's happening. I swear to God, I don't know. Well, listen. Anyway, that's the news. For those of you that uh, that have your, your Amiga OS 3 set up with your super system, uh, check out the uh, the Mastodon client. And let us know. Let us know if it's good. Yeah, because we've been... I may have to go try that out. Because I was I looked and I pointed and laughed. There goes another sucker. He'll be back. And they usually were. But I'm finally getting to the point where I'm just like, man, I'm not sure Twitter's going to be around much longer. <laughs> they might just shut the whole thing down. We might all be on the Don. All right, Aaron. What's been going on on our version of the Don, a.k.a. our YouTube well, channel? <laughs> Listen, Boat, I'm not going to lie. We had a, another a great week, I think. Uh, not to toot our horn, but we're great. Everything we've ever done is the best thing you ever saw. No, so we got uh, we've got, <laughs> we've got a few new items out this week. First of all, I want to say if you if you're wondering yourself, hey, where's the new ARG? We're running a few days behind. It'll be coming up Sunday. So new ARG, and, and it's going to be. Is it going to release on Sunday, or is going to release? It's going to release okay. on film and release. It's a it's <laughs> catch and release boat. That's the way we're doing it, but. Uh, and we did release a video this week. It's every game on the Amiga, according to every source I've got. Every game that plays in ham mode. Every one. So that's if you're interested in that. And there's some real doozies in there, Boat. Uh, I also want to mention your video, Boat. Take it away. Talk about your video. Yeah, so remember pop-up video on VH1 back in the day? I was like, hey, I wonder if I can make that pop uh, a, a, that pop sort of uh, graphic thing and make it look like it's popping out. And so uh, I, I learned how to do that, and I made a video about Zool. So you can watch this video, watch some of my awesome Zool gameplay, and uh, learn about it. So <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Very good. Uh, over on the Amigos stream team area, if you aren't uh, subscribed over there, for God's sakes, do us a solid. Like, subscribe, the whole shtick. We got uh, three new offerings here. Uh, we've got, of course, Josh Malone, uh, 48K RAM. This is a uh, crazy uh, episode where he looks under the 60, uh, C64 hardware. He does some ST stuff. There's some demos on the Amiga. It's a hodgepodge of craziness. Then we've got a stream from our good buddy Jack Flack, simply entitled Arcade Games on a Game Boy Advance. <laughs> I watched some of this. So it was quite good. And lastly, this is an interesting one. This is a two-hour spectacular from Happy Coding, where he has his friend Andy and Dave Velociraptor Ooh, there live. Down, man. And uh, keep and keep watching this space because I'll be uh, I'm going to start uploading the continuation of Happy's uh, making of the game. He's working on his game right now. Uh, it should be a, a lot of fun. One last item I want to mention is that premiering tomorrow night will be a. I've, pre-taped a Friday Night Disaster stream, and it was going to be all about me sitting down and playing tons and tons of MSX. Buckets of it. I had a great time, Boats. That'll be coming out tomorrow, or as you hear this, it'll already be out. Fantastic. Uh, Let's talk about our two quick uh, uh, items, upcoming events, Boats. Really, we've got three. Let's start off with Coco Fest, Boat. We're going to be there live in the flesh, baby. What's the dates on that boat? That's going to be uh, April 22nd and 23rd. Oh, man. We're going to be all up in it, Boat, doing yeah, Coco stuff. Away. I'm picking up a ton of stuff there. I've already pre-ordered a ton. Wow. So, yeah, I know. I you were done uh, with hardware. No. Well, i got to get this for my gimmick that mm. I'm bringing. So, I want to make it. I want to gimmick it up. Plus, what are you going to do? You're at Coco Fest. You ain't going to walk out of there empty-handed. That's true. I'll be buying now, a ton of rainbows. In between that and Boat Fest, there's another thing going on. It's BGW Wrestling Boat. 
uh, which would be taking be taking place in May. I'm not exactly sure the date. You know, right off the top of your head. I don't know right off the top of my head. But we'll it's give be you a more star studded. Oh star man, studded yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of big stars there, and then boat. It all goes down June 23rd through the 25th. It's BoatFest 2023, brother. That's right. So book your tickets right now. BoatFest.info. Book them, Dano. That's all we've got, Boat. All right, Aaron. What are we going to play next week on Amigos? Oh, man. I've never been so excited. Oh, oh man. I'm drooling over this one, Boat. It's Buffalo Bills Rodeo Games. Oh, how have we never played this one on the show? I can't believe that this game exists. A rodeo games game. I love it. I haven't played it yet, but I'm going to play the heck out of this this week because I love me a good games game. Man, I, you know, we both love games. Games games. We both love, like, cowboy stuff, mm-hmm. right? I can't wait. This can't possibly suck. Yeah. I forbid it. I'll bring I my can't. muzzle loader. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's a muzzle loading event in the game. <laughs> Should be a good time. That's all we got, Boat. All right. Well, guys, thank you as always for listening. If you want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash amigos podcast. We also record the show live every Friday, except when it's Thursday, like it's going to be this week and next week. Twitch.tv slash Amigos Retro Gaming. Thank this you is as what always. your support gets you right here. That's right. That's right. You get to watch Aaron <laughs> hold up bad games. Oh, what? Guys, we'll see you next week. And until then, adios. adios.